Hello and welcome to Seeing Your Skeleton. I'm your host, Jaden Lyle Helton, and today's episode is episode number three. And I did promise in the last episode that we would have a guest, but I actually just got up and decided there was one last thing I wanted to talk about before I bring them on. And the subject matter for today, and by the way, this is still the same session, I'm just in a very talky mood, I guess, is we're going to talk about who are you? Who are your support systems? How can you grow and change? I feel like when you're somebody who struggles with an addiction or anything that you're really struggling to change in your life, if your environment is off, it's just so much harder. I remember when I started to do some research into ways that I could change my life for the better, and I started seeing a common theme that your environment can very much not necessarily determine where you're going to end up, but heavily influence and affect how you're going to grow and develop as a person. And a lot of the choices that you make, you might not realize, are a resultant of what's around us. And let's start with who are you? And why I started asking myself that question. When I was 16 years old, that question became very important. You see, I had something called a paradigm shift. I had a theory and an ideal of the way that I saw the world, and that was shattered. And because of that, I did not know where to go or who to ask questions. I had to look inward and ask, okay, well, who am I? And at the time, when I was looking at things that I did not like, habits that were less than productive, I started asking myself, who am I without those things, without video games, without TV, without media, without addiction? Who am I as a complete blank slate of person? What is it that I truly want? Because I was desperately searching, I was scratching the walls to try and find some source of meaning so that it can make life more bearable. Now, when when I went through that kind of process, it's, it's very, I want to say almost dangerous to become extremely introspective and self-aware. Because you can run yourself for a loop if you're anything like me. And you will think over and over and over uh, the kind of person that you are and the kind of person that you should be. And you're constantly changing. And I don't think there's anything wrong with changing. But sometimes you got to be able to realize when you're doing too much, right? You're trying to change too much too fast, and you're not really getting anywhere. You know, I I have the the unfortunate <laughs> advantage of time and being able to see the amount of years I've gone by and being able to see how far I've actually moved. And in some ways, I've made some strides, and in other ways, you know, I'm basically just like that small, scared 16-year-old kid that is afraid of looking people in the eye for too long and saying what they really mean. And it's a little sad to me. I think that who you are is a very important thing. And I think that when we hide ourselves and we don't allow ourselves to express what we really feel in some way shape or form it's very destructive and I know that as males 
that is something that a lot of men will struggle with. And I do personally believe that I should be strong and I should be able to hold myself up. And I don't know if that's because I'm a man or not, but it's just what it is for me. And I don't want to cry like I used to cry. You know, I don't want to feel weak anymore. I want to be able to be dependable when stuff goes down instead of constantly falling apart. That's one of the worst things that can happen to you where you, where you begin to not trust yourself. And a bit on that here, I think this is one of the scariest things that can happen to you. If you're in a terrible mental situation, you feel like you're spiraling out of control. And let's just say you're like me and you wanted to quit all these addictions like porn, like video games, all these things and or whatever it might be, gambling, food addiction. And you're trying and you're trying and you keep on failing. That question again comes up, who am I? Who are you? Right? Am I someone who actually gets things done? I mean, do I do I even believe the words that I'm saying? I'm saying I want to quit drugs today. Like I had a friend say, I want to quit weed now. He's like, I'm just going to smoke a bunch more and then I'm going to stop. And then, you know, never end up quitting weed. But you have to ask what that does to yourself. When you say you're going to do something, you say you're going to be someone and then you don't enact that. I think that's self-damaging. I think that you hurt yourself when you say or you make a promise about doing something and you don't follow through with it. And I've made a big effort recently to change that. And I can confidently say I'm proud of where I'm going and I'm proud of the person that I'm becoming. And I know that I'm only going to get better day by day because that's all I want. But to get to that level, you need to understand this very one important fact that some people are going to try and take away from you. They're going to try and, there's people out there who are going to try and tell you that you cannot overcome your struggle. Maybe they've watched you go through a weight loss journey for a very long time, or you've always wanted to do a business venture and, and you always dream of doing something, but they're there to say, I've seen your journey. They're there to tell you, I know what you're capable of. These are your limits. This is where I think that you belong. And I think one of the most dangerous things is to keep people like that around you. And for the majority of my life, everything that I ever dreamed, every idea I've ever had, everything that I've ever been scared of doing, unfortunately, has been shot down constantly. Constantly been demeaned. I've constantly been told that not only am I not good enough, but anything that I think is interesting or good to do is it's stupid. Um, my ideas don't make any sense. And this is where a lot of my issues with self-confidence and lack of self-esteem come from. Constantly having someone in the back of your head telling you that what you think of doing is dumb. Instead of just receiving some support, you know, I've, I've always felt like, damn, I really don't have support like that. I have maybe one or two people that I know might be there for me, but I'm afraid to really lean on them. 
my two good friends, Liayo and Harmon. What's up, guys? And you know what? Even Chris. I'll throw Chris in there. I, you know, you guys are some of my best friends in the world. Anyhow, I want to talk a little bit more here. When you're trying to figure out who you are, it's, it's not really a race. It's a very long process, in my opinion, of testing yourself and putting yourself in difficult situations. The amount of times that I told myself that I am one way and then I found myself in a situation where I was like, oh, wow, I'm really not, was, it's astounding. It was a big shock every single time. And I, I would take these moments as failures initially. I was very hard on myself every time I said, you know, I'm gonna be the best ever at this thing and I'm gonna get so good at this and you know, just watch. And then I tried and then I fail at it. Um, Again, my environment and people around me, and I did not have very good support. And if I had failed at something, you get a bad grade, or you do something that isn't optimal, then it's now time to dogpile on me, right? It's time to treat me with disrespect, and it's time to, it's time to make me feel like I am less than human because I did not meet that standard. And trust me, I I want to meet the standard. I want to I want to excel past it. But the mentality and the way that we carry ourselves when things do not go perfectly, they do not go the way you expect, I think that is extremely important. It's so hard to be able to, if you're anything like this, if you've lived your whole life with people telling you that you cannot, that you can't, you're not good enough. You don't have the talent for this. You know, it's hard to tell yourself that now I'm going to try and be someone even if I failed a thousand times I'm going to try a thousand and one because I need this and I think a part of getting yourself to be more confident to do things like that is to start sticking up for yourself and and saying okay this is actually what I want though I know that if I say it, you, you might laugh. I know that if I say it, you're probably going to demean me or treat me um, in any kind of way, but I want this, okay? And it's, it's a step that you have to take. It's one of the first steps that I had to take to eventually become confident enough to even upload this podcast. I didn't, I didn't even want to upload any of this. I'll be honest. I, I was excited, but... I think after I went on that date one or one and a half days ago and, you know, things didn't go well and I started thinking to myself, I was like, you know what, it's time to start talking and to start thinking again. Anyways, <laughs> I talk about myself quite a bit. When I think about your environment and escaping your environment and finding something better for you. How do you do that? I remember thinking, damn, my environment right now is inescapable. The the negative parts of my life, I cannot avoid them. And I won't speak too much on that, but they're always there, at least for now. And what am I supposed to do? How am I supposed to become someone who can constantly sit in the face of critique and negativity? And you can look at this really as a blessing if you're someone in this situation, in an environment where you have no support, 
almost. You're very much relying on your own wits, or maybe you're, there is support, maybe there are people who really want to help you, but you're like me, and you're very neurotic, and you think that you have to do everything yourself. You can't receive help from anybody, right? What do you do? Well, I started looking inwards. I started saying, how can I bulletproof my mind such that I am able to carry myself forward, even if it really is alone? And that's still one of the hardest things. I've gotten much better at it. But my goodness, it it took years of just failing and doing almost nothing, it feels like, of constantly telling myself I can do something, failing, beating myself over it, until I finally learned to forgive myself a bit with those failures. The more alone you are, the more you have to deal with stuff on your on your like <laughs> by yourself sorry i'm choking on my words here you have to be compassionate right you have to be you don't have a choice i know that you want to be hard on yourself because you're thinking okay i need to be super hard on myself because i have to get this done and i have to improve at it and i have to little bit okay stop okay just listen you need to tell yourself that if you fail and if things don't go 100 percent your way it is something that you did not understand it is something that you were not prepared for. It is a learning opportunity, period. If you get stuck with a failure and then you constantly make that your life, then you will live a life constantly afraid of failure. And you will never try to do anything outside of your comfort zone and bring yourself to places that you'd really love to go. And I, I feel bad for you if that's you. Because... Those are the same people in your environment that I was mentioning that will dog on you when things go wrong. I'm going to be honest, when they're extremely harsh and critical, I feel like it's it's almost like they're revealing a part of themselves. A part of themselves that doesn't that doesn't know how to deal with someone else's misfortune, at least not responsibly. And I'm not saying that people can't be hard on others without being responsible without having a good work ethic or strong mentality. I'm just saying there's very much a specific kind of people when it comes to failure that they believe that it's all over and they believe that their age or their gender or their race or whatever it may be is going to prevent them from succeeding and they cannot anymore. So why should you? Why should why are you so special? Why should you have the opportunity to become the person that you want to be, to express who you are and to say the things that you want to say? I mostly try and live my life as positive as I can. I don't want to be negative to others cuz I've experienced a lot of internal turmoil just caused by my my own mind, caused by myself admittedly. I mean, there's a lot of things that happen outwardly in the world. But I cannot say those things are what made me, you know. I have to take some responsibility and say, I let these things pull my mind into places. And then I, I reacted in a way that I don't want to react. <clears throat> I have to take some control over it. Otherwise, then I'm constantly saying, oh, but this happened and this trauma and this is wrong with me and this incident. And I'm constantly looking at these things and saying, wow, I wish they didn't happen. And if they didn't this and if this didn't, you know what I, you know what I mean? You understand where I'm going? How am I supposed to grow if this situation was so bad that I can't overcome it? 
and a little bit more on environment right now. I, when realizing that I had to look inwards and, and to try and improve, I also realized that it, it might not be as fast as I want to, I want to go, right? I might be a bit slow and that's fine. I might not get the same place everyone else is going at the same speed. Maybe I can. I always leave that option. Maybe I can improve faster, but maybe I'm going to have to work 10 times harder. I'm going to have to work a lot harder than someone else who has a lot of support in their life, who has healthy relationships to get the same thing done. Just to upload this podcast that is of I don't know what quality, because I don't know how anyone's going to perceive it, it took me, it was very hard. And you know, someone across the world might have just easily done this in like, I don't know, a few minutes of just thinking about it. It didn't even cross their mind. But for me, it caused a lot of anxiety. It caused a lot of um, thoughts about who I am. You know, tabula rasa, blank slate. Who is this guy? Who, what are you? Um, And also, I want you to take a moment to think about who you think that you might be in the future. And I want you to think about the fact that who you are right now is not necessarily who you will be. And this could be a positive thing, this could be a negative thing. You might be going through one of the worst times of your life right now. And you might think that it's over and you can't pull yourself out of it. And who you are right now is just, it's it's impossible to get back to your feet. Something bad happened, right? But try try to do your best to hold on to a shred of hope because I know that when you're in your mind like this and you have no one and you don't know how to have anyone and maybe you just you can't see that maybe there's someone there for you you just it's you're just going insane you feel like you're losing your mind right you feel like even though you try to do things you just cannot, and maybe it's been years for you of not being able to trust yourself, right? That's what it comes down to. I think that's the, the biggest message I want to deliver home to people who are struggling, where you, you reach the point where you feel like you're insane because you don't feel like you're in control anymore. You're not in control of yourself or your emotions, and everything else is, is kind of external. It's like, holy crap, I wake up in the morning and Although I told myself that I want to do this thing so bad, I just feel so drained and so tired and oh my gosh, I'm so exhausted. What the hell is going on? I'm just not able to do it. I'm crazy. I must be crazy, right? Because only a crazy person would say that they want to do something over and over again and never do it or, or try to do it, fail, and then collapse inwards. You know, there's. you probably think to yourself, wow, I bet there's regular people out there just living regular lives and they don't have to go through all of this extra baggage that I'm going through just to appear even slightly normal, right? So that's my, my thoughts on, on trying to decipher who you are. I, I try to do my best when I get the chance to write. I love writing. In I think 2016, 2017, I met this uh, person and probably one of the biggest influences of my life. In fact, they are the reason that this podcast even exists in the first place. 
I met a person by the name of John, very cool guy, uh, in my program. And I remember I was speaking to him, and he was talking to me about writing, and he was talking to me about trying to manifest a life that he would actually like to live. And I remember he told me, after a very lengthy conversation, I'd never up until then had a fairly deep conversation with someone. We must have talked for, I don't know, one, two hours. It was, it felt like a very long time. He said, hey man, grab like a pen and paper or pencil or whatever and just start journaling, start writing. And then I did. And then I was addicted to it. I was addicted to trying to figure out what was going on in my head because I, I dealt with you know, what you're, what you, the listener, might be dealing with, which is feeling like you're crazy because you don't know how to get yourself to do what you want, right? I wanted to know the reasons why I do the things I do, why people do what they do, and, and writing was definitely a very good tool for me to keep my mind focused on something more positive. Was it enough for me? Um, No. That's another thing. I think there's some people who will give up on writing because it alone does not change their lives drastically. And here's what I'm going to say about that. I think that when you write, it takes your subconscious thoughts, the things that you think but might not necessarily fully materialize in either vocally or, or concentrate on, those insecurities, whatever it may be that lies underneath um, the thoughts you say and the things you portray, makes them conscious it makes you aware of them and while just being aware isn't enough i don't think i think you need to take some action being aware is an excellent step to improving your life overall because you can look at these things it's like okay i can see what this is now maybe now i can make a plan of action to try and improve it um and in your own self-improvement journey i think that one thing that people can also get obsessed with is is how many things do I have to do to not be what I am? You know, if you're going through depression or whatever kind of phase of your life, you're like, oh, okay, I'm going to take up cycling, I'm going to take up reading, and then I, I play tennis on Tuesdays, and, um, you know, you do all these things, and it's things, 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 and you're doing all these things. And the reason why you're doing all these things is you're trying to avoid the feeling of a void kind of rhymes, kind of a rapper over here. Uh, but you're trying to avoid that empty feeling and that lack of understanding of yourself. And you think, if I just do more things, then maybe I can understand myself better and maybe I can feel better. And there was a point when I realized that this was not true. It's not true. You can do a hundred things, 20 thousand billion things in a row and yes they might have a positive benefit on your life and yes they might carry you further and i think that you totally should do things that make you feel more healthy because at the end of the day that might put your mind in a better frame but what i would notice is i would do everything in my ability to live life you know perfectly to a t and to keep things the way that i think they're supposed to be and I'm like, all right, I meditate at this time, I worked out, I drank this, and I did this, and my food was this healthy, and then we did this because this is healthy, and then blah, blah, blah. I was still miserable. Anyway, what did I have to do? 
how how did I try and answer that question of who am I? I started thinking like, well, maybe there's something else going on here. It's not just the things that I do. Maybe I have a terrible perspective and outlook. And I started thinking about how can I make myself a more positive person? What are some things I can do? And that's why, you know, things like my environment started coming up into my mind and things like my own self-talk and what I say to myself started becoming more important. And I started thinking, you know, I'm a really negative person right now, aren't I? And that energy of whether or not you're negative or positive about a situation and trying to get in the habit of not dogging yourself, I feel like are so important. Um, Because if you can't do that, even if you have the most fabulous, fantastic life, you could be Right now, you could be a millionaire watching this podcast, and you could still feel all that same terrible, disgusting feelings that you don't like, right? You're there sitting in your penthouse with all these rooms and your Bugatti and your Lambo, and you're like, wow, yeah, I still kind of feel empty. I don't know how to fill that void. And dealing with your own responses and emotions is the best the best medicine I think you can find and trying and it takes effort by the way trying to see the world in a more positive light I I gained a lot more respect for people who are really positive or really try to be in this world because I spent so much time so negative that whenever I'd see like super bubbly people I would be almost slightly agitated I was like why are they so friggin happy anyways you know they must have nothing to worry about but it takes real effort to get up and have bad things happen and still be positive. I'm not saying by being positive you have to be smiley and laughy all the time, but what I'm saying is if something is not well and if something goes wrong, you respond in a way that allows yourself to move forward instead of backwards. And it's much easier said than done, and it's extremely hard, and there's every single, there's a billion things that could be going on. You could have kids, you could have an illness, you could have all kinds of impairments that make looking at the world even slightly uh, motivating to look at that in a positive light. I remember when I was in philosophy class, there was this uh, interesting reading that we had, and it was about religion, and it spoke about God, and it spoke about a philosopher who did not believe in God. And I'm definitely going to paraphrase and butcher what they were saying, but basically, he said he looked upon a man, or a child, sorry, who had died. Essentially, their their corpse was laying there, and he saw on that corpse maggots and bugs and all of these things eating and, you know, devouring the carcass of this person. And essentially, what the philosopher asked is, How could God exist if he could let something like this happen? You know? And the way he described it was really interesting because he said, in order for these bugs and all of these things to survive, they have to eat something. So they feast on this person to live. What kind of a world is this? Right? Yet you can get very nihilistic and very, you know, pessimistic about the world and 
I don't blame people for having that view and for not necessarily being able to see a positive light when you've lived in darkness. That was a fire line, by the way. Um, <laughs> but I, I want you guys to know that it is possible to improve and to do the things that you want to do, but you have to let yourself do them. You have to. You, you may have been procrastinating. I don't know how long you've been procrastinating it, but you have to get up. And it's scary. And the whole time it's scary. And there's a lot of things that I'm doing right now that I've always wanted to do. And I'm afraid. And maybe I don't like the feeling entirely. But I start to feel more and more confident and more proud. And when someone tries to shoot me down, I don't let that happen. And things in my environment that were not good for me, I had to move away from. And that was so hard. That was so hard. And I want to speak about my own experience with that. I had a group of friends and they're still my friends and I still love these people like you wouldn't believe because when I was so insecure and so sad and I felt like I, no one would ever accept me and I didn't know how to laugh, these were the people who would laugh with me. These were the people who would be there for me if I needed to. I could talk to them. I think about anything if I wanted to. I was just really afraid to do so, so I really did. Love these people, really. But the things that they do and our interests gradually they change and my interests changed a lot and a lot of the things that I believe are not what they believe which is why I said I can no longer you know really hang out with you guys even though I really want to and I want to come back someday just to see how everyone's doing but you know I lost all of that support all of my environment that's something else too when you're making that change and maybe the environment is the only support that you have losing them is so hard no more friends I remember sitting down thinking about how I was going to live my life and every day was boring, I couldn't go out. I've been still dealing with the repercussions of that because I've been slowly trying to detach from all the friends that I had, not because they're bad people, but because I know I have to focus a lot more on things that are important to me because I've spent so much of my life doing things that are not productive to what I want and I'm super passionate about making a big change in my life. You know, I don't want a year to pass before I move out of my house and right now I'm definitely fighting against the odds but I I want to make a good life for myself and I need to be focused but anyhow um, yeah detaching from them was difficult and there's been many times where I've gone back to see them and spend a lot of time with them because it's just so much more comfortable it's so familiar those relationships I don't want to just forego them and you know I miss them as people because they're fun and there's tons of fond memories but I do remind myself that life isn't all about fun there's a responsibility that I have there's a responsibility that I want to have like I mentioned before not to myself not not just to my family not just to my surrounding community but to the whole world in a certain way where I want to try and help everyone if I can and, and that drives me to say, well, maybe it's worth it not being able to see them for a while. I don't know if I'll ever be able to, to meet up with them again because I told them that until I hit some specific goals, you know, with being able to sustain myself monetarily and do all the things that I want to do, I will not hang out with them. I just can't see a good reason to right now. But I still appreciate them. So if you're out there and you have a group of friends or people and the whole group of them unfortunately you they don't follow you on your journey then you you're gonna have to detach at some point 
And when you do, that doesn't mean that you have to be alone. You can find other groups of people who are interested in the things that you're interested in. And I'm at age 25 now speaking about this, and, and admittedly, I found some people, but I don't really have friends like that. I, I haven't made a big enough effort. And, I, you know, I'd want friends to go to the gym with maybe once in a while and to maybe grab some healthy food and, and you know. But I don't really have friends now. I have myself, and I have my work, and I have maybe two, three people that I say hello to very sparingly. And I feel very lonely about it a lot of the time. But it's something that I'm beginning to get used to because I understand how important it is for me to be the person that I need to be. For me, it's a sacrifice. But again, for you, that might not be it. You need to go out there and get someone to be around. Then you, you got to put in that effort. That's another thing, too. When you're looking for that environment, it just it's not just going to happen. You might be a student or superly, super socially awkward and you don't know how to talk to people, but you have to put yourself in a place where you can. I know how painful that can be to be completely isolated. And you're, you're constantly thinking about why you're not normal or why you don't have friends and why you don't have this and or that. Um, and, you know, maybe it's just an unfortunate series of events your whole life that have caused you to be in isolation. But I think most likely it's it's us. We make the choice. Maybe people really like being around you and they really like talking to you. And they just don't know why you always disappear for months at a time. For years, in some cases. And you reappear, like, hey, once in a while. And I'm not saying there's anything wrong with being alone. If you're someone who's more like me, then maybe you will follow suit. And, and yes, maybe you detach from people, but then you just stick to yourself. And maybe that's just what you like to do. Um, but I think... More and more, as I'm getting older, I'm realizing how important it is to make connections, how important it is to know people, and how important it is if I want to get a message out to to be at least a little bit more cordial, a little bit more friendly, and make it a bit more of an effort with people. So I am trying um, a bit. I wouldn't say I'm making a great effort, but I'm definitely not just sitting down and, and not attempting anything. You know, sometimes when I walk around and I, I see people in the city, I'm from Toronto, by the way, maybe I'll just try and strike up a, a conversation just to learn about people. And I think, as I mentioned before, I find people so interesting and so amazing. Even the things that people find so mundane about themselves, I think, are the coolest things. Because I'm socially, you know, I'm so alone, like, for the most part. So that when I speak to people, I they, they're like, why is this guy so happy to talk to me? Why is he so energized? I'm like, I'm so excited to be able to learn something about someone because I don't do that. And when I when I was a bit younger and I would go out to party a few times with my friends, I of course, I couldn't do that too much because, you know, I had to be studying and blah, blah, blah. Um, I barely went out at all. But, but the few times that I did, I got comments like, wow, you're so much fun. And like, where do you get all this energy from? And blah, blah, blah. And I'm like... I think all this energy comes from the fact that I'm just so repressed and alone and I'm constantly working all the time and this is my time to go out. So I'm going to just let loose completely. Um, 
Anyhow, that's a bit of an offshoot tangent about isolation. Um, and yeah, guys, sorry about the bait of saying that our <laughs> podcast host was going to be on for this episode, our secondary host, but um, small little mention about how that's going to go down. It's going to be 30 minute to two hour conversation. We're going to be talking about anything and everything. I'm going to let someone share their story and essentially for this duration of time I can ask them any question I can ask them like are you attracted to me I could ask them any kind of uh, very uncomfortable question that they might not want to answer for that period of time and hopefully you find it entertaining it's going to be a lot more light than these first three podcasts because I'm not having to open up about me and I get to kind of take a back seat and ask someone else some questions Anyhow, thank you so much for tuning in. If you've made it all the way to the third episode, I thank you immensely. Um, yeah, I'll see you in the next one, which will actually have our next guest. All right, bye.